Hi, everybody. Week two of our podcast with Dr. Lee. Today we're going to discuss shock liver. And the reason for that is our um, patient here on the floor did develop a shock liver. So my first question, hi, Dr. Lee. Hello. My first question is if you could just go over the definition of shock liver and take it from there. Okay, uh, no problem. So shock liver is also known as ischemic um, hepatitis or hypoxic liver injury. And so that happens anytime that the liver loses blood flow for whatever reason, whether it be from direct insult from um, a blood clot, infarction, or um, uh, low blood pressure, as we more commonly see in, in the medical ICU, low blood pressure shock state for whatever reason. And um, it's called hepatitis, but it's not really inflammation. It's more you see it as an elevation at the transaminases, the AST and the ALT, so that's why we call it like a hepatitis. It looks like that kind of a picture in the labs. And how were you able to determine that it was shock liver? Okay, so uh, generally you look at the clinical picture. So uh, shock liver is diagnosed generally through laboratory numbers because by that time patients develop it, they're not really able to give um, much of a history or have any presenting signs or symptoms. Um, so you know, you'll know in the clinical picture that the patient has developed some sort of hypoperfusion state, such as hypotension from septic shock, from hemorrhagic shock, whatever um, the case may be. And then the next day, or in the next day or two, you see their uptrending uh, LFTs. So mainly you see an up, a, a rapid rise in their AST and ALT, and also LDH. And by rise, I mean rise in like 25 to 200 plus uh, times the upper limit of normal. So you see them in the range of the thousands generally, um, and they peak in the in a day or two, and then it takes about seven to 10 days for it to resolve on their own. Um, so that's kind of how we generally diagnose. Can propofol liver. cause this? Um, propofol can cause hypotension, and in turn, can, that can cause uh, like a hypoperfusion state to the liver and can cause it, but not necessarily directly. Mm -hmm. What about um, with COVID um, and the clots? Yeah, so COVID makes you hypercoagulable, as we know. So if you do develop an acute, um, let's say, portal vein thrombosis as a result of COVID or any other sort of small blood clots, it can cause um, low perfusion to the liver and develop shock liver state. Um, before COVID, classically you see this in something called like Bud Chiari syndrome, which is an acute portal vein thrombosis. Um, you can also see it in sickle cell patients who have sickle mm. cell crisis and their blood cells become very mm -hmm. sickled mm -hmm. um, and they kind of clog, clog up arteries and the vasculature that go to the liver. Okay, we did the causes and uh, what do we do for it? And what was the um, reason mm -hmm. for the ultrasound? Like what will the ultrasound show So us? The, to, to when you see um, an elevation of AST and ALT to that level, um, it Put in the right context, you can probably safely assume it's a shock liver or this is ischemic hepatitis, but the, you still have to think about the differential diagnosis of why all of a sudden their numbers rose like that. So the other um, disease uh, states that could cause a lab abnormality like this would be any of the toxic hepatitis, like Tylenol overdose, um, or dr any drug-induced hepatitis, or an acute viral hepatitis. Mm -hmm. So 
you want to check lab searches like, uh, like a talk screen if someone's new to the ICU you know um, that's coming from the outside the community we don't know anything about them or like an acute viral panel to make sure they're not having a, like an acute viral hepatitis um, the reason we do an ultrasound is to also look for like I said an acute infarction event we can look for a flow um, so you do a right upper question sono and you do a Doppler and they can see if there's any changes in blood flow going to and from the liver. Hmm. Good. And the reason for the heparin drip, would that have anything to do with this? So heparin drip, if you, you think it's due to a blood clot, uh, a clotting event, then yes, that would be helpful to treat it, especially in a COVID patient who's are already known to have a PE mm-hmm. or like a DVT or something, then there's um, that they can, they're prone to clotting. So heparin drip might be helpful. If you're already gonna treat them for a DVT or PE, um, it doesn't hurt. Um, but the most like you know, common treatment for shock liver is to just to reverse the shock state or to obviously um, support the patient's hemodynamics. So pressors um, obviously treat the underlying reason for shock, whatever it may be, and just to trend the, the liver uh, enzymes. So generally with such a high number, you don't really see um, loss of any synthetic liver function, meaning uh, the coagulation factors and all the things that the liver is responsible for, that can um, progress but li- much later on if the patient gets sicker and sicker. But in the acute settings, when you see this high LFTs, you're not going to see a drop in like the liver synthetic function as much. Mm-hmm. And how long do you think it will take till he gets back to? Well, it depends on his underlying clinical status. So if we can reverse his shock state, treat the antibi- uh, treat infection with antibiotics or treat whatever is the reason that he's not perfusing his liver, then he can have recovery. And like I said, generally when we see recovery, we trend the labs every day and it takes about seven to 10 days for it to, they usually self-resolve once we resolve the underlying stability. Great, thank you.